Hey, welcome to Home Church Podcast. It is a good day to have a good day. I'm Pastor Jerry Kuhn, and I want to say thank you so much for joining us today. My hope is that you will respond to the Holy Spirit as he speaks to you in and through this message today. And I believe that he will draw you into a closer relationship with Jesus Christ, where you are passionate about loving God, doing good, and being a friend. I hope that you enjoy the message today. Like waving like this, and your whole body begins to shake a little bit. So glad you are here this morning. Listen, there are men and women um, that are alive uh, that I admire. There are men and women that have gone on before us that I have admired as well, and preachers and, um, and friends and family members that I have looked at their lives and watched them throughout the years, and, and, uh, and they have gone on before us, and I'm like, man, I just admire how much faith they had in some of the difficult times in their lives. And still today, there are, I have some pastor friends that are going through hell right now, um, and I mean that. Um, their whole family's being attacked. Their, their spouse is being attacked. Um, I have pastor friends who are um, tackling cancer right now and watching their faith during some of the trying times has been amazing. And I wonder sometimes, I have, I've, I've looked at them and, um, and through men, I'm 44 years old and, and I have watched people in church and, and watched how they have just weathered um, the, the storm and, and, and how their faith was just, it seemed from outward, right? Because we don't know. But from the outside, it all looked, man, their faith hung on and, it's, and it was um, strong during some of the, the darkest nights and the lowest valleys of their lives. And you just wonder, how do they do that? I read throughout the God's Word, and especially in the Old Testament and the New Testament alike, and, and I look at men and women throughout the Bible, and I'm like, man, they did some extraordinary things. They, there's something amazing. How did they do that? They've gone through some difficult times like Joseph. I mean, how did you go through all of that persecution and still hold it together? How did you not become bitter? How did you not? And you just have all these questions, and then you realize that it was by faith that they did that. You see, today I want to encourage you because John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples and he says this to them. He says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. He begins to tell them that, hey man, there's going to be some difficult times and there's going to be some issues in life. And he says, here on earth, you will have many trials and many sorrows. He says, but take heart because I have overcome the world. I don't know about anybody else in this building, but that settles really well with me today and assures me that no matter what I'm going through, no matter how low my valley is or how dark my night is, that God has already overcome that. I love it because Romans chapter 8 verse 31, and then we're going to skip to 35 and 37, and this is what it says. Listen to this. It says, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God be for us, if God is for us, who could ever be against us. I love how the NLT says that. He said, who could ever, if God be for us, who could ever be against us? Ever. Doesn't matter where you're at in life. Doesn't matter what it may be. Whatever. What, what could ever be against us? Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? I want you to listen to this. This is a great statement that's being made by Paul. He says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? I mean, does it mean, he goes on to say, he no longer, Jesus no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or, or if we've been persecuted or perhaps we are hungry and destitute or in anger or in danger, sorry, or threatened with death. 
As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. And then verse 37, he answers that question. He says, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus, who absolutely loves you and I today. Listen, just because you're going through difficult times, just because your night is dark, and just because your valley is low and your giant may be big, doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. The truth is this morning, he absolutely loves you, and you have overwhelming victory today in Christ Jesus. All you have to do is speak the name of Jesus over your family, in your streets, in your cities, in your school. You have to speak the name of Jesus. I prophesied to you this morning. I want you to hear this, and this is what I felt like God de- deposited into me last night, and I want you to hear this from the bottom of my heart, and I don't do this very often, but I'm, I want you to know I'm prophesying over you today that nothing will overcome you. Nothing will suffocate you. Nothing will overtake you or have the upper hand on you this morning. Steal from you what you will not recover all and more because victory is for those who dwell in the secret place of the Almighty. I got to tell you, there's victory in the name of Jesus. They just sung that this morning. You sung that over your family. You spoke Jesus over your family. You spoke Jesus over your marriage. And I got to tell you, there's overwhelming victory in the name of Jesus this morning. Just because you're going through a difficult time doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't love you. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. It doesn't even mean that God doesn't see you because he does. It's a moment where God's, God would see glory out of that. Listen, if I could sing this morning, I wish I had the voice of, of Lang and I would sing this. Actually, I would shout this um, and uh, I would shout this down from heaven. And it is when I grew up, I heard this song. And it was so, victory, victory shall be mine. If I hold my peace and let the Lord fight my battles, victory, victory shall be mine. I would sing that today over and over until you ran out with your ears bleeding, but I won't do that. But victory shall be mine this morning. And all I have to do is hold my peace and let the Lord fight my battle this morning. Speak the name of Jesus and victory shall be mine. I love that this morning. I want to take you to Hebrews. Listen, I told you at the beginning, I love watching men and women, um, how their faith shines during, during difficult times and wonder to myself, how do they make it out? How did they make it out with still being sane? I mean, sometimes I feel like I've made it out of a situation, and I'm like, they need to put me in some kind of a ward. You know, I'm like insane. I'm broken. I'm, I'm pieces all scattered everywhere. And I barely made it through. But there's men and women that just seemed like, man, they just, they just kept sailing through some of the difficult storms. And how did they do that? Hebrews chapter 12 gives us two verses, and in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, I love these scriptures because it begins to talk about, now listen, you have to really read chapter 11 to understand chapter 12. Chapter 11 begins to tell us about men and women who've made it through some difficult times in their life by faith. Faith is what made, was made it possible for them to get through. I need you to hear me. By faith. They made it through some of the difficult times in their life only because of faith. Faith is what made them get through. And I love it because then all of a sudden in chapter 12, in verses 1 and 2, the writer begins to write something so powerful to you and I today. And it reads this. Therefore, we also. Talks about all these men that made it through and these women and then verse 1 in, verse, in chapter 12 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded, these men, these craven of faith, surrounding us today 
by such a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. He's like, okay, that's easy. Now, how do we do that? In verse 2, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of what? Of our faith. See, those men and women in chapter 11, listen, they knew something about running. They knew that they were to lay down every weight and a sin that easily snared us, and they knew that they had to have endurance, and they knew that they had to look unto Jesus. And today, that is what that crowd is doing up there. That crowd, that cloud of witnesses is cheering. Their life speaks so heavy to you and I today, so loud to you and I, that, hey, in the difficult times, there's one way that you're going to make it out, and that is by faith. He said, listen, you got to look onto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, because that's the only way you're going to make it out. You're not going to make it out because you come to the home church. You're not going to make it out because you listen to Stephen Furtick. You're not going to make it out because you listen to some great men and you read some great books. The only way you're going to make it out today is by your faith. And you must look unto Jesus for that because he's the author and the finisher of your, of your faith. Hebrews chapter 11, I want to take you backwards now. Verse, chapter, verse 2, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, for, who for the joy that sat before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And I want to take you back because this cloud that is cheering you on with their life, how they live their life. Because we read about that in, in chapter 11 and throughout the whole Old Testament Bible. We read about these men and women that should encourage you and assure you that God was with you in the darkest hours. And then in chapter 11, I want to take you back to a man. Today's service, uh, a, a message is entitled Moses by faith. Moses was able to do what he did only by faith. And I need you to hear that this morning because somebody is asking the question, how am I going to make it out? How am I going to survive? How are we going to pay these bills? How are we going to raise these kids? How are we going to keep this marriage together? And I will tell you, it's by faith. Moses, as we look at Moses' life and the great leader that he was, he only did what he did by faith. By faith. And so today, be encouraged today that your faith, your faith be strong. All right? During the difficult and darkest hours. Because it's your faith that's going to get you through. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to read a little bit about Moses. All right? Now remember, I told you, chapter 11 of Hebrews is this faith chapter. And it talks about some men and women who only made it through because of their faith. And the faith is said so many times. That's the reason why it's called the faith chapter. Um, so many times in this chapter. And so I want you to look at Moses' life. Looking at, at verse 23. Chapter 11 of Hebrews. Looking at verse 23. It says, by faith. Now you're going to see this word, by faith, many times as we read through this, these verses. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not, listen to this, and they were not, they were not afraid of the king's command. Verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in heaven. Wow. For he looked to the reward. Verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Mm. Verse 28, by faith. 
He kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he destroy the firstborn should touch them. Verse 29. By faith, he passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempted to do so were drowned. Now listen, I got to tell you this morning, you heard those two words over and over in those few verses, by faith. This morning, I really want to tackle Moses' life in a very quick time that we have together and simply say that Moses made it through some of the difficult times. He led the people out of Egypt by faith. By faith, that is the X factor this morning. Some of you in this building are athletes. You live, you watch sports. Uh, you know that there are just some people that just have that X factor. You don't understand it perhaps, but there's just something about them. They're just gifted and you don't know what it is. You're like, that's the X factor. Whatever it is, that kid has it. He just shows up when it's time to show up. When the lights turn on, this kid has the X factor. And Moses, for you and I today, the X factor is faith. We make it through because of Faith. I want you to look at this. And then Moses is truly an interesting person. I really think that his life relates to every one of us in this building. Now, I know that as I look around this room, there are people from different walks of life, different aspects of life, different social levels. I get that. I was talking to someone the other day. I said, I love how our church is so diverse. Um, we are adding to... Um, different ages throughout our church. We have young, we have middle age, we have older, and I love that, the diversity. We have children, we have babies. Amazingly, how many babies we have in there. It's just amazing what God is doing within this. But I think that Moses relates to all of us today. You see, he relates to the child who was within the system, the DHS system. He relates to that child who was in the DHS system, perhaps, who grew up within someone else's home. Moses relates to that kid. He relates to, um, to those who've allowed their anger to get the best of them. Have anybody's ever been there where you let your anger get the best of you? See, he relates to those people who let the anger get the best of them and made a decision that, be, that would be with them for the rest of their life. See, Moses made that decision out of anger that, at, that haunted him for the rest of his life. He relates to those who have disabilities. For those in this room that perhaps find yourself with a disability, you were born perhaps at a disadvantage. He relates to you this morning, and he reminds you and I that our disability doesn't disqualify you and I for the use of God. Just because you may struggle in the area, it does not disqualify you, and he relates to you and I this morning. He relates to those who have stepped out in faith to only find themselves in a difficult situation that seems like there's no way out. He relates to you today. I think some of us in this room have stepped out in faith in this moment of your life, and you have found yourself in a pick, and you're like, man, this seems like there is no way out. Maybe, just maybe, I miss God. No, you didn't miss God. You didn't miss God. It's just a difficult time for God to prove himself to you. And God's about to get glory in your situation this morning. He relates to those who have spent their whole life in pursuit of something but never gets to see it. If you know the story of Moses, he pursued his whole life for the promised land, but never got to see it. And some of us in this room, you may know somebody, you may know a family member who pursued all their life for something, but never got to obtain that at all. He relates to you and I all in this building, all of us. He relates to you and I some way, somehow. Moses lived to be 120 years old, and it took 80 years of his life of preparation 
for what God had for him. Think about this this morning for you 40-year-olds, for you 20-year-olds, for you 60-years-old. It took 80 years for Moses to be prepared for what God had for him. I wish I could speak to young ministers today and say, listen, my pastor, Pastor Owen, said something many, 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 many years ago that I'll never forget. I wrote down in a book and I because I journal, journal and I wrote it down and I've circled it many times throughout my life. And it said, do not outrun your preparation. And so many times, if we're not careful, all of us, not just young ministers, but especially young ministers, if we're not careful, we try to outrun our preparation. Moses, it took 80 years of preparation. I told you from day one, the time that I waited was not wasted time. This moment right here in this building, the moment with you, the moment with your children, the time that I waited was not wasted, not one bit. God was preparing me and my family for this moment. And Moses found that for 80 years. I don't know if I could have waited until I was 80. You wouldn't have wanted me at 80 years old, I promise you. I would trip over this carpet at 80. But um, I'm so thankful for the faithfulness of God. Amen. I believe that there are some things that we can learn from Moses this morning. By faith. Moses, by faith. Three things that I want to share with you that I want to encourage you, uplift you, assure you that in the darkest hours of your life, faith is what's going to bring you through. All right, the things that you're trying to accomplish. I want you to look with me this morning. First point, I'm assuming this is mine and not Lang's. All right, just making sure. Listen, I like Lang, but I don't like him that much. I think I like him more than I like Lance. But uh, I'm not for sure. They're both. <laughs> Hey, listen, I got to tell you a story real quick. There's these two boys. I wasn't going to do it, but it's a perfect time. There's these two boys. Their names were Lance and Lang. Can you imagine that? It's amazing. They were troublemakers. They were actually very mischievous. And anything that ever happened in the town, they all looked at Lang and Lance, and they perhaps did it. And the mom was like, we got to do something. They're sitting at the dinner table, looks at the husband and said, we got to do something with these kids. And the mom said, I tell you what, the new preacher in town has a way of disciplining kids at work. And my father looks at her, I don't care what happens, send Lance and Lang to the preacher. Next day, um, mom takes Lance to the preacher. And uh, he goes to the office, sits down, the preacher leans over the desk. It was just him and Lance. And the preacher looks over and says, Lance, where is God? Lance stands there, and he's he's sitting there. He's looking at him, didn't know what to do. He's kind of paused. He didn't know how to answer that. And all of a sudden, the preacher hits his desk and says, Lance, where is God? And Lance is now very confused because he's like, I don't have an answer for this. So he stays very silent. And the last time the pastor hits the desk again, points his finger at Lance and says, Lance, you tell me right now, where is God? About that time, Lance jumps out of the seat, opens the door, runs all the way home four blocks to his house, runs in the door, slams the door, runs into the closet and hides. And all of a sudden, Lane comes, opens the closet, and he said, what's wrong? He said, I don't know. He said, but Jesus is, God is missing, and they think me and you are up to something. (laughs) They think that we did it. We got to run. We got to run. Point number one this morning. (laughs) Point number one. By faith, Moses' parents protected what God had given. I want you to hear this out this morning. By faith, Moses' parents protected what God had given. I want you to look at Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, and it says this, And a man of the house of Levi went and took as a wife uh, a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. 
And when she saw that he was beautiful, that he was, that he, that, that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took, the, took an ark of bulrushes and, for him and, and daubed it in asphalt and pitch and put the child in it and laid it in the reeds by the riverbank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done with him. And when the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. Now, you see, the story's a little crazy for me this morning if you don't know the reason. If you don't know what happened, why a mom would, would take her baby and, and, and build this little bullish boat or whatever you want to call it and put the baby in it and put it in the river, and that makes no sense to you and I today. You're like, why? But see, Pharaoh sees that the children of Israel is becoming greater in number and mightier than they were. And so he orders all the midwives, the women that were going to be there during the birth, that was going to help the moms deliver the children, these midwives, he ordered the midwives to kill every male child that is to be born because he feared God. But they didn't because they feared God. God's people continually to multiply. So Pharaoh took it to it as another level. And he orders his men to go throughout the town looking for newborn male Hebrew boy babies to be thrown into the river. So Moses' mother delivered him. And on her own, without a midwife, she began to hid him. The Bible says, and our historians say that perhaps Moses was actually born early. And so she was able to hide him for six months, I mean for three months. And then she proceeded to place him into a basket and into the river. And while having faith that God would protect him, I want you to hear this, it's very important. By faith, Moses' mother protected Moses, what God had given her. Put, her, put him in a basket into the river. Listen, Pharaoh's astrologist came to him with a message, and this is what it said. A deliverer has been born among the Hebrews and will die by water. See, what meant to kill Moses actually saved him. You need to write that down this morning. What was meant to kill Moses actually saved him. We say, Pastor, I don't get that. The water was to kill Moses. Every male baby was to be thrown into the river, but the river is what actually saved Moses. The mother, by faith, placed her baby in a basket into the river. The very thing that he was to be thrown into was the very thing that saved him. Listen, you are going through some things in your life that is expected to kill you, but it's going to save you this morning. There are some things that you are facing that you don't understand why and you are overwhelmed. But I promise you, you're going to come out greater than ever before. What was to destroy you, what was to kill you, what was to take away your faith is going to be the very thing that builds you and saves you this morning. God has given you life. He has given you purpose. He's given you destiny. He's given you dreams. He's given you goals. He's given you a spouse. He's given you family. He's given you children. He's given you health. He's given you a job. He's given you a calling. And he's anointed you. There are some things that you need to protect. By faith, you protect these things with your life. And some of you men today need to wake up early and pray over your spouse. Maybe while you're driving to work, you pray over your spouse. You take some time to pray over your family. You need to pray by faith. You protect them in your prayers. You say, well, why are you picking on the men? 
Because I promise you, if the men take up their role, it'll change this world. And you say, well, pastor, come on. You're picking on us. No, I'm telling you. I was moved when this, when, I'm going to have to give him credit, when Lang said, pastor, cornhole's great, but we need a night of worship too. And I thought, wow, I just felt really little. <laughs> You're right, we do. And that moment, it was that, that moment where it just clicked for all of us that, hey, us men need to rise up too. To be the leaders, spiritual leaders of our homes and of our churches today because there are things that we need to protect. And, and you should do everything in your ability to protect what God has given you. God has given you. What God has given you, you protect it and you protect it by faith. Moses' parents, by faith, protected what God had given him. Faith says God has given me what God has Faith says God has given me and nothing or no one will ever take it away. That's what faith says this morning. I know what God has given me and I value what God has given me and nothing, nothing will take this away from me. There will come a point in our lives that we must give back to God what God has given us. That's what Moses' mother did. So God, I'm, I'm trusting you today. I'm going to give back to you what you have given to me. I'm going to entrust in you. And by faith, I'm believing that you're going to protect my child. By faith, you're going to protect my dreams. By faith, you're going to protect our ministry. By faith, you're going to move in our marriage. By faith, for God will protect them. You know, God's going to protect the things that you give to him. He's going to protect them just like he did Moses. There's a story. I don't have time to tell you the, the and not coincidence, there are God things. God set things up. How awesome it was for Moses to be placed in that river and for the Pharaoh's daughter to see him, for the Pharaoh's daughter to bring him, in, bring him into the palace and for Moses' mom to be able to feed him and take, nurture him and take care of him. That's not coincidence. That's a God thing. It's amazing how God is setting up and orchestrating your life and you just let him. Victory, victory shall be mine if I just hold my peace and let the Lord fight my battles. Victory, victory shall be mine. Some of us need to exercise our faith, and we need to do that by praying. I want you to look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, get with thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through what? Christ Jesus. Faith says, I know my situation, but I know my God. <laughs> Faith says, I know my situation, but I know my God. I know that hell is attacking my children, but God has promised me household salvation. I know that I've lost my job, but God is my provider, and he will provide for me. He has the, given me the ability to gain wealth. God will take good care of me. That's our faith. By faith, I'm protecting what God has given me. Some of you are alive today because your faith, by the faith of your mother, listen, I need you to hear me this morning. Some of you are alive today because by faith, your mama prayed for you. Some of you are alive today because by faith your mama prayed for you. There could have been a car accident that took you away, but your mama prayed for you. There could have been some things, decisions that made that you made that could have changed your life, but your mama prayed for you. There was a very weapon that was out to destroy your life, but it has no effect on you because your daddy prayed for you. By faith, your daddy prayed for you. By faith, your daddy protected you in prayer. You see, this morning, listen, I know that the favor that we are experiencing this morning, the favor that I'm experiencing, the anointing that I feel upon my life and my ministry at this moment is because by faith, my mama prayed for me. 
I need you to hear me this morning. I recognize where my favor is coming from because of prayers of my mama. And just because my mama is dead and she's in heaven and she's walking those streets of glory, I got to tell you this morning, those prayers are still alive in my life. Those, still, those powerful prayers are still affecting me today. And the prayers that your mama prayed for you and your grandma prayed for you and your family prayed for you, your next door neighbor prayed for you, your Sunday school teacher prayed for you, the prayers that your pastor prayed for you, I'm telling you that they are in effect. They are protecting your life this morning. I am favored today because of the prayers of my mama. I'm alive today. I believe it. I'm alive today because of the prayers of my mama. And there are things happening right now in my life that my mama knew would happen. My daddy knew would happen. <laughs> and I am so thankful today that they, by faith, protected what God had given them. And I pray that years from now, my children can stand up and, and say, by faith, my daddy protected me. By faith, my mama's prayers protected me. By faith, my mama prayed and, and the anointing is on my life and the favor of God is on my life. Listen, I'm telling you today, by faith, Moses' parents protected what God had given. I challenge you today to do that. Here's point number two this morning. By faith, he overcame his excuses. Everyone in this room, and room has made an excuse in your life sometime and another. And Moses is no different than you and I today. He made a lot of excuses, and I got to tell you that fear is the breeding ground for excuses. Write that down this morning, because there are moments in your life that you will have fear attack you, and all of a sudden you will make all the excuses in the world not to do something. Fear is the breeding ground today for excuses, but faith carries no excuses. Hear me this morning. Faith carries no excuses. Because by faith, Moses this morning overcame his excuses. Exodus chapter 3, we find this moment that God is speaking to Moses in a burning bush. And some of you perhaps remember this in Sunday school. And all these pictures of the burning bush and Moses experiencing this moment with God. And, and he begins, God begins to reveal to Moses his plan in using him to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. And as you can imagine, being faced with such a task, fear, entered and excuses started coming being faced with such a great task an overwhelming what he thought was impossible situation fear entered and excuses started coming out of his mouth you see the first excuse that we find is that Moses says I'm not good enough I told you that he relates to all of us he said man I'm not good enough God I, I, this, this experience at the burning bush is amazing, and I know you're real, and I know that you're here, but I need you to know I'm not good enough for the task that you've asked me to do. You see, Exodus chapter 3, verse 11 says, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He began to make an excuse because of fear. The second excuse was this. He said, I don't have all the answers. See, Exodus chapter 3, verse 13, it says, Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? Moses is saying, Listen, God, I thank you that you have trusted me with this task, but I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. The third excuse was this, and people won't believe me. 
See, I already think that in this building, some of you, this is resonating with you because you've already said, I don't feel good enough. Some of you have said to yourself, I don't have all the answers. How could I be a part of something that needs to be solving issues when I don't even have answers? And some of you have said, people won't believe me. People won't believe me. See, Moses said the same thing in Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. It says that Moses answered God at this burning bush and said, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, the Lord has not appeared to you. What if they don't believe me? And some of you in this room, maybe because of your past, maybe because of some of the decisions that you made, maybe all of a sudden God has been speaking to you to step up and do something. And you're like, ah, God, no one's going to believe me. No one's going to think that I really truly have changed. No one's going to even consider the possibility that I am yours and I say to that that's a lie of the devil and don't let that stop you this morning when fear enters excuses begins to come out and I say you are good enough and people will believe you they'll watch you walk out this thing called salvation right before them and they'll see how your life has changed and you will be believable excuse number five was this or excuse number four says, I'm a, he said, I'm a terrible speaker. I use this excuse many times myself. I've said over and over again that I don't have all the answers. I'm not good enough. I've, I've said they won't believe me. And I've said so many times, God, why would you? My tongue is twisted all the time, it seems like. Why would you choose me to speak? I'd rather be the workhorse and not the one leading the horse. And over and over again, over and over again, God begins to reassure me this is where I'm supposed to be. Because when faith enters, fear begins to leave. Doubt and excuses. See, excuse number four was, I'm a terrible speaker. Exodus chapter four, verse 10 says this, and Moses said to the Lord, oh my Lord, I am not eloquent. I, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. He said, God, do you know who you're speaking to? You know me. Before you even asked me to do this, you knew my struggles. You knew my disability. And he begins to make all these excuses. Excuse number five was this. He says, I'm not qualified. Not only am I not worthy or I'm not good enough, but he even says, goes another step forward and says, I'm not even qualified. Exodus chapter four, verse 13 says, but he said, oh my Lord, please send my, my hand of whomever else you may send. Send by your hand anybody else but me. Please don't send me. I'm just not qualified. You see, this morning when fear begins to enter in, all your excuses begins to come out today. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know the call that God's placed upon your life that you are arguing with him about. But I got to tell you today, you are good enough. You are qualified. You are able this morning. And I would attack that fear with faith. Because that's the only way Moses was able to overcome his excuses was by faith. Something rose up within him and said, you know what? I can. They will believe me. I will lead your people out. Something rose up with inside of Moses that said that, listen, all things are possible with God. We can. We could do this this morning. 
every, every one of these excuses was not a match for his faith. So I would tell you today, every excuse that you could come up with, every excuse that you can verbalize and write down this morning is not, a, not by any means, not a match for your faith. Not a match for your faith. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind this morning. And if you and I could tap into that faith this morning, because God has given every one of us a measure of faith, said, man, I am more than able. I am a conqueror. Victory, victory shall be mine. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Here's point number three this morning. I had to get you a little active there. Point number three is this, that by faith, he stayed the course. Who's he? Moses did. Moses stayed the course. Now listen, I know that life is difficult. I know that marriage is difficult. My wife and I are coming on 25 years. Marriage is not difficult. <laughs> 25 years. June the 7th will be 25 years that my wife and I have been together. And I will tell you, by faith, God has held our family together. I'm not saying that we've had lots of, I actually will tell you that marriage for me has been a joy. I won't speak for her, all right? <laughs> but 25 years has been um, the sweetest time of my life, and I mean that, and that's not trying to get bonus points. Well, maybe a little, all right? So, but amazing. And I realize today, please listen to me, I realize today that there are just this moment in our life that we just got to stay the course. There are difficult times. There's difficult times in marriages, I get it. We don't always see eye to eye. Not at all. We are so different, night and day different in a lot of areas of our life. But you know what? We love each other and we have to stay the course. We realize that we have to, in the most difficult time, it's not the time to pick at each other's faults. It's the time to see the positive in each other. And we have to stay the course. Moses stayed the course by faith. That's the only way he made it out. Remember Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about faith. By faith he did this. By faith he did this. It's the only way he made it out. And the Bible says this to you and I today so clearly that by faith he stayed. The Bible says this. In Exodus chapter 5, we find that Moses first encounter with Pharaoh. I love it because God speaks to, to uh, Moses to go to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. The first time that he did that, you know what happened? Everything got worse. The labor got more intense. The requirement of the people. Now listen, I don't know about you, but I would almost been up to Moses and said, Moses, don't speak for me again. <laughs> I mean, listen, don't you go to Pharaoh and speak on the behalf of my family because you just messed up, dude. You made it difficult, more difficult than what it was. And so Moses' first encounter with Pharaoh did not go the way he expected to go. It made things worse. But he stayed the course. And the Bible says he kept going to Pharaoh and he began to say, let my people go. And we know that there was 10 times, there was 10 plagues that followed before he was ever let go. Each time, I don't know about you, but after the first plague, I would be going, this is it. He's going to let us go this time. I mean, God spoke to him. Hopefully it got his attention. And then all of a sudden it didn't. And then all of a sudden, he has to go back to him the second time and said, let my people go. And then another plague. And then he stepped back and said, this is it. He's going to let us go. I mean, God's got his attention now, right? And the Bible said it just seared his heart again. 
And then all of a sudden there was a third plague and a fourth plague, but he stayed the course. I don't know about you, but there has been times that I was staying the course and after four plagues, I got to my point where I was like, maybe this isn't working. <laughs> maybe this isn't working. Maybe, maybe I'm doing something wrong. And instead of staying the course, I jumped the course. My God, forget it, I'm done. And God says, by faith, he stayed the course. And I'm telling you today, you're going to stay the course. You can stay the course, but it's going to be through faith. You have to believe today that God is more than able to pull you through this morning. By faith, he stayed the course. Let my people go. Can you, be, can you imagine with me that he got tired of saying that? He perhaps felt like a broken record. He's like, I keep coming to you saying, let my people go, and nothing's happening. And maybe you feel like you're just in this cycle, broken record aspect of life. And I would say you keep course, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. You look unto Jesus. You lay aside every weight and sin that so easily ensnares you. And you look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith this morning. He did not actually, listen, I got to tell you that 10 times, let my people go. And each time the Pharaoh's heart was hardened, the plague hit the land. And I could tell you that he probably got a little discouraged, but he kept the course this morning. I begin today, Pastor Kelly, would you guys come? Or, sorry, Lang, would you come today? I begin this service prophesying over you this morning. I said that nothing, nothing will overcome you. Listen to the words this morning that I felt like God placed in my spirit for you. For us. For me. God said, nothing will overcome you, suffocate you. If you ever felt like you couldn't breathe? There's been times in my life that I felt like I couldn't breathe. I was gasping. I just couldn't breathe. He said, nothing will suffocate you, overtake you, have the upper hand on you, Steal from you that you won't recover all and more because victory is for those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High. The one who speaks the name of Jesus over their situation. I believe there is victory in the name of Jesus by faith. I believe today. I believe that God will show up in your situation just like Moses, and he's in the chapter 11 of faith chapter and heroes that we talk about. He's in that cloud that's surrounding you and I, and his life speaks so much volumes to you and I that by his faith, by your faith, you will make it through too, through the, some of the life's most difficult times. And I say today to you, there is victory in the name of Jesus. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41 says this, Jesus is all day been ministering with his disciples and it came evening and Jesus said to his disciples let's cross the other side of the lake and so they took Jesus in the boat and started out and leaving the crowds behind although other boats followed but soon a fierce storm came up high waves began to break into the boat and it began to fill with water and Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion and the disciples woke him up shouting teacher don't you care that we're going to drown? I mean, don't you see our situation? You've been asleep. Don't you care? When Jesus woke, he rebuked the wind. 
He said to the waves, silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. And then he asked them, why are you so afraid? Do you still not have faith? And the disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Let me encourage you this morning. The wind was not able to wake Jesus. Listen to me. I need you to hear me. Oh, the winds, they, it woke up the disciples. It actually scared them. They were so afraid of their lives because of the wind, the waves were beating upon the boat. He wasn't able to wake up Jesus. The thunder that was so loud that wakes up your children in the middle of the night and wakes you up was not able to wake up Jesus. The thunder didn't wake Jesus. The lightning that brightened up the sky that night didn't wake up Jesus. And the water that kept filling up the boat, it didn't wake up Jesus. But that moment that his children's voice said, Jesus, Jesus, he awoke that moment. Listen, I don't know what's happening in your life today. I don't care how great the wind is, how, how big the waves is that's beating against your boat today. It's not shaking Jesus. But when you speak his name, when you speak his name over your situation, he awakes. He awakes this morning. Someone's got to hear it this morning. If you'll speak the name of Jesus over your situation, you may think he's asleep, but he won't be asleep any longer. He will move in your situation. There's victory in the name of Jesus. By faith, by faith, we overcome today. By faith, we are victorious this morning. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning? Hallelujah. Come on, clap like you mean it this morning. I have victory Thank in Jesus' Thank you so Jesus much for tuning name. in. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more messages or find our service time, you can visit us at our website, homechurchtecumsa.com, for more information. And thank you again. And until next time, love God, do good, and be a friend. Be blessed.